you've seen the light today. Here we go. Three, four. Come on, put your hands together. see me we can take care of that well he is the king of glory amen let's sing that together if you would
nations bow, mountains shake. Nations bow, mountains shake at the sound of just one name. Notify your face that you're saved, put a smile on, turn and tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. Let's fellowship for a little while, all right? find your place and you can be seated for just a moment. Everybody give Brother Martin Ibarra a big hand if you would for our announcements. Uh, good morning. So good to have everybody here this morning and I am really, really pleasantly shocked and surprised. You know, there's a team playing at noon today. I'm not going to mention their name, but Give yourself a round of applause for being here, not being at home watching the game. TiVo is a great invention. I don't even know if it's called TiVo anymore. Whatever it's called, you can record it. All right, so do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? If you're a first-time visitor, we just want to jot it down. If you are, raise your hand, and 
just put the little fill out card in the uh, basket on the way out. Uh, just to let you know what we do all week, we have Wednesday morning Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. They have a great time in there. We do have a full slate on Wednesday nights. Uh, Miss Mary normally does an awesome dinner along with the other ladies of our church. And then we have, uh, we have Bible studies and then the youth meets in here and have something for the little kids. Um, and so always have a full slate on Wednesday. Um, this Wednesday, however, I'm gonna go to that right quick. We do have a fall festival, um, Wednesday, October the 26th. We do need volunteers to run games, booths, hand out tracks. Um, I believe some of you are doing trunk or treat or yeah. decorating trunks. If you want to decorate trunk, back of the truck, um, feel free to do that. We would love the help. So uh, we are having a memorial service for uh, Jan Lanham on Sunday, November 6th at 3 p.m. here at Landmark. So normal service, and then we're gonna have a uh, memorial service for Ms. Jan. Uh, many of us knew her, and she was deeply loved and will be missed. I'm uh, going to remind you that daylight savings time does change on November 6th, so we fall back, so we gain an hour. You get to sleep in. Congratulations. We do need help for teachers and helpers uh, with, to help with children and toddlers for Wednesday night. See Miss Cindy for that. Uh, need volunteers for yard work. Uh, call Brother Gary or see Brother Gary Curry, he's back here, or Brother Mark. Um, we do have giving online, and giving online can be done at giving.landmarktyler.com with PayPal. We have a movie night coming up next Sunday, October 30th at 6 p.m., so bring some popcorn, bring uh, your happy faces, and let's have a fun movie night. Already covered fall festival, and then life recovery class at 1 p.m. today. Uh, so it's not 2, it's at 1 p.m. starting today. Other than that, let's praise our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you, Brother Martin. Yeah, uh, hey, if you want to do the life recovery class, one of the reasons we changed that is uh, because uh, they were eating up most of their afternoon, and uh, but we wanted to give time to eat lunch. So uh, what you can do is, if you would like to come, it's for anybody who's uh, struggling with a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up which I'm looking at all of you. That's everybody in the room. Uh, but if you'd like to uh, just be in a group where you could just uh, talk about that and, and uh, try to get some relief for that, uh, you can go get lunch and bring it back to the church. They're going to start at 1. That way they'll get done an hour early. Last about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, Brother Terry is leading that. So go get something to eat. Come on back to the church, and that'll start at 1. Okay? Hey, let's stand if you would again. Let's continue to worship. Aren't you glad? What a friend we have in Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus... Is a friend to the sinners. Amen.
friend in Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can always take it to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord.
God, we praise you this morning. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory. Because you are alive and you are well, God, and you love us. Your grace and mercy, God, just surrounds us. Lord, you are our comforter. You are our com convictor. You are just love. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to be in this place. What a powerful name it is. Jesus, Jesus. We ask that your message would just speak to our hearts this morning. I pray for the kids, Father, as they go to their time, that you would just be with them. And Lord, just if anyone doesn't know you today, God, that they would come to know you, accept your spiritual gift, Father, of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning. Amen. You can be seated, and if you have kids uh, that would like to be in children's church, uh, you can send them that way. Give all of our children and our children's church workers a big hand for taking care of our kids. And listen, they don't just babysit them back there. They get a lesson, and in fact, they get, uh, man, Miss Cindy, how many did we have saved Wednesday night? Had five salvations Wednesday night. Amen. That's good. So they're not just getting babysat back there. They're getting the word of God, getting the gospel. Amen. Well, I've been talking all this month on the power of the Holy Spirit. And today I want to be very specific on the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Who's a believer? Now, some of you were fast. Some of you didn't respond at all. Who's a believer? Amen. So guess what? You have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. If nobody's ever told you that before, I want to tell you that. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, as good Baptists, 
Maybe you weren't taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Baptists, we get a little freaked out about the whole Holy Spirit thing, especially when they start calling it the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is very real. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is a person of the Trinity. You can't have God the Father and God the Son without God the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you in Scripture today that he didn't just show up in the second chapter of Acts. If you go all the way back to Genesis, uh, the Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning, from the foundation of the world. When Moses stood and he hit that staff and he began to do all those miracles, and when he split the Red Sea and when he uh, did all those plagues upon Pharaoh, who do you think did that? Moses? That was the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit has been there from the very beginning of time. He is a valid part of the Trinity. And sometimes uh, I don't think we give him near enough credit and we don't let him work in our lives enough. Sometimes just because, quite honestly, we haven't been taught or we're a little bit scared of him. What if the Holy Spirit asks me to do something I don't want to do? Listen, if he calls you to it, he will equip you and bring you through it. Amen. And you don't have to worry about, well, I couldn't do that. I don't have the talent or the gifts to do that. Because if God calls you to it, he will equip you to bring you through it. Amen. And so that's going to be one of the main points today. All right. Uh, first scripture today is Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. All right. And this is Jesus speaking. It says, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you. While I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Uh, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Let me stop right here and tell you, uh, he has already risen from the dead. Jesus, this is after he appeared to the disciples uh, in his risen, glorified form. So he's already been risen from the dead. Uh, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in this name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. What is this power on high he's talking about? Let's continue. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. All right, he's already risen from the dead. Now he's carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God Amen. All right. Now, you might remember that uh, Jesus told them, this was out of Jesus' own mouth. He said, I must go so that one more powerful than myself may come. Now, that's a big statement from the Son of God, isn't it? For the Son of God to endorse the Holy Spirit and say, I have to leave so one greater than me can come. That's a pretty big statement. So the, out of Jesus' own mouth, he says, the Holy Spirit is greater than me. Why is the Holy Spirit greater than the Son? Because the Holy Spirit has the, about, uh, the ability and the power to work in everybody's life in this room all at the same time. Jesus was in his physical form, and he couldn't do that. 
He was one man, one person, could only affect the people that were standing in front of him at the time. But he says, when I, when I leave the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is going to come, and he will be able to affect everybody in this room. Did you know the Holy Spirit has the power? Uh, this is why sometimes I can preach, and I'll have three or four people come up to me and say, Brother Mark, that really spoke to me about this. This is happening in my life. And I'll say, well, that's awesome. And then another person comes up and says, well, Brother Mark, that spoke to me, but it wasn't about that. It was about this. And then a third person will come up and say, well, Brother Mark, that, that spoke to my life about something else. And it was something completely different. It's because the same words can be said and everybody in the room can hear it differently, right? The Holy Spirit can be doing a work in each and every individual's heart and life in something totally different and unrelated, all right? Um, some people believe the Holy Spirit only works through preachers or faith healers. Now, can I tell you, I never wanted to be a preacher. Be careful what you tell God is what I'm telling you. Amen. Lord, I'll, I'll do any of the other jobs. Uh, and I started off doing music. Music is my background. And I've worked with youth like Brother Martin does. I worked with singles, college. And I was fine with all that, but I never wanted to be the preacher. Because I didn't want to have to wear the preacher clothes. I didn't want to have to do the preacher talk. And even though I do somewhat have it now, I didn't want preacher hair. Amen. <laughs> I do have a little bit of preacher hair going on right now. Amen. Uh, but I used to think preachers are preachers. And, you know, and only God can use preachers. Uh, or, or, you know, maybe you have the idea of the, the tele-evangelist, you know, the faith healer. You know, God wants to do something in your life, and we're going to heal you right now. You know, uh, that's, that's our image of, you know, how the Holy Spirit works or the Holy Spirit moves in people's lives. Can I tell you today, the Holy Spirit will use you, little old you, plain old you, more powerful than he will use any faith healer, any preacher. Amen. And he has power for your life as a believer, but Many of us, it is an untapped resource. And can I tell you today, I'm going to share with you today, how can the Holy Spirit have an effect and have power in your life? Little old you, little old you, Brother Mark, I'm just little old me, I just don't. Listen, God can use you in an incredible, powerful way. All you have to do, here's what I find in my life. My biggest job a lot of times is getting out of my own way. Amen? Anybody with me on that? I am my own worst enemy. Many times my hardest part is just getting me out of the way. So I'm telling you, you let him take over. You let him take control. And you say, well, what if he asked me to do something? I don't have the talents or the gifts. That's what I'm telling you. I just said it at the beginning. If he calls you to it, he's going to equip you to bring you through it. Why did I never want to be a preacher? I didn't want to stand up in front of all these people and talk. I know it's hard to believe now, but I was a very shy kid. Amen. Now you can't shut me up. Amen. But you can ask my wife. At home, I'm still a very quiet person. I come home sometimes, especially on Sunday, and she says, you sure are being quiet. I said, I've said everything i got to say today. Amen. Already, I just had, you know, I just had 30, 45 minutes there. I'm, I said it all. Amen. And I've said my words for the day. And so I can just pretty much sit and be quiet the rest of Sunday. Uh, I'm, by nature, a very introverted person. Now, I, I'm kind of, I did these personality profiles and they came out with one uh, a few years ago, and I, I said, that's me. And it is called the introverted extrovert. In other words, when I'm in certain social situations, I can turn it on. I got like a switch in me somewhere. And I can turn it on. I, can, I, I do love people, 
And so when I'm around people that I love, especially I will engage as an extrovert and I can turn that switch on. But you can ask my wife, as soon as I go out that door, get in the car, switch goes off. Amen. And so, uh, again, I, 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 I have that ability. And what I'm telling you is that ability did not come from me. God wires you and gives you and equips you and gifts you with whatever he calls you to do. I didn't want to be a preacher because I thought, I ain't got that much to say. Amen. Uh, and then God said, oh, I can give you plenty to say. And many of you would say amen to that. We can't shut him up. Amen. Brother Martin, in fact, the Cowboys playing today. You better shut it up. Amen. All right. I'm going to do my best. All right. Here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, the Holy Spirit is available to work through every single believer. The Holy Spirit cannot be manipulated. He speaks to us, gives us passion, and leads us to all wisdom and truth. The Holy Spirit's not magic. Okay? You got to understand, when Jesus showed up, you remember Jesus showed up and did some miracles? And, uh, and, and let's go back to Moses even. Remember, Moses came and he started doing all these miracles before Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh called some magicians in. And those magicians just copied and did their own tricks. And there was a difference, though, wasn't there? Moses was doing it with the power of the Holy Spirit. The magicians were just doing magic tricks. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is not there to do magic tricks for you. The Holy Spirit is not a magician. The Holy Spirit will not be manipulated. The Holy Spirit is not there to perform you for you on command. In fact, many times the Holy Spirit shows up when you least expect it. I've seen the Holy Spirit show up. I thought, I would have thought, you know, man, this service is deader than a hammer. Maybe you're thinking that right now. This service is dead as a hammer. I ain't getting nothing out of this. And then out of nowhere, it's like the Holy Spirit walks in that back door and just goes through the room like a mighty rushing wind. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, everything changes. There's a song called, When He Walks Into the Room. Man, when the Holy Spirit, I feel him right now. Why? Because just the mention of his name, many times. Get those, you ever get those Holy Spirit goosebumps? Listen, but I'm here to tell you, you, you cannot manipulate him. He's not a magic trick. You can't just command him to show up. But now he's in the room, because what does the Bible say? The Bible says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. So he's here. His presence is here. But many times God shows up in what I call a very powerful in a very special way, and he begins to work in your life, in my life, all right? Now, I'm going to give you four questions about the Holy Spirit, and I want you to repeat them back to me, all right? Somebody answer the phone there, all right? And then we will talk about these four questions, all right? <laughs> Put it on speaker, amen. We want to all hear that conversation, amen? Hey, yeah, the preacher's preaching right now, sorry. Yeah, no. All right, four questions. Number one, I want you to repeat after me. Number one question, who is the Holy Spirit? Say it. Who is the Holy Spirit? I have scripture for most of these. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. This is what I was telling you earlier. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We all know that verse. But how many of you go on to verse 2? See what it says. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And what? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There he is, right there, right at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He's there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, from the beginning of time. Alpha, Omega, 
the beginning and the end. All right? So the Holy Spirit is there, always has been there. He is the Trinity. He is the promise of the Father and the Son. And here's what you may not have known, and I want you to put this in your notes or, uh, you know, take a picture of uh, the notes or whatever you need to do. But he is a gift to every single believer. In fact, more times than not, it refers to the Holy Spirit as the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit. That means that it is a gift given to you and to me, all right? The Bible even says that it has the ability that once you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and it says this. It says that it, it seals you until the day of redemption. The enemy cannot steal from you. He cannot have your soul back. Once you give your soul to the Lord, it is sealed. The Holy Spirit is what seals it, seals it until the day of redemption. And many people want to believe that uh, you can lose your salvation. Can I tell you, you cannot lose what you did not get for yourself. Jesus paid for it on the cross. It's paid and bought for with his blood, and you cannot lose it because he did it. It's his gift to you. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is the same way. It is his gift to you. All right? Second question. Why did God send the Holy Spirit? Say it. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does this talk about a separate event from your salvation? See, some, some denominations and some people want you to believe that uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a different event. This is not, according to Acts chapter 2, this is what Peter told the people. He said, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You didn't deserve it. At Christmas, do you deserve all them presents you get? I know you. No, you don't. You don't deserve them, but somebody gives them to you because they love you. They care about you. They want to show their love towards you. Amen? So this is a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit, all right? Uh, and is there another verse with it? Yeah, 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. He's calling all of us. The difference in this room is some have responded. I hope everybody, but maybe somebody's in the room. He's calling, but you are not responding. You've heard me say this before. The Bible paints a picture, and it says, that he stands at the door and knocks. And I've told you, pay attention to the painting of that. It's Jesus standing at that door. There's no doorknob on Jesus' side. You have to let him in. You have to choose him. You can reject him. As foolish as you would say, why would anybody reject the free gift of salvation? You have the free choice. It's called free will. And you have the choice to accept it or reject it. Why would God send people to hell? God don't send people to hell. Hell was created for Satan and his demons. You will send yourself there by rejecting. There is only one unpardonable sin. That's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit or the turning away of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is drawing you to salvation, you say, nope, nope. I don't want that. Because if I give my life to you, that means I'm giving you control. And I don't want you to have control. I 
want control. You know the biggest obstacle for most people getting saved? Pride, arrogance, and ego. If you're letting your pride, your arrogance, and your ego, can I tell you, the Lord can do a lot better with your life than you can, whether you think so or not. He can control it a lot better. All right? Um, To enable us, there are no excuses. All right? The question is, why did God send the Holy Spirit? Because we are without excuse. The Holy Spirit says, I will give you everything that you need. I will provide everything that you need. What it, the answer to God when he calls you to something should always be yes. Because of this fact right here. He says, whatever I ask you to do, I'll give you the power to do it. So there's no reason to ever say no. No should never be an option to say to the Lord. If he calls you to it, he promises he will provide for you to be able to do it. And so the answer should always be yes. It should always, always, always be yes. And you know if you say no to the Lord, who the loser is? Is it the Lord? No. The Lord will find somebody else. The Lord knows he can find anybody. You know, if the Lord can use a donkey and speak through a donkey, he can use you. Amen? And some of you, you can make that correlation. I just won't. I'll leave it right there. Amen? All right? Um, to enable, uh, here's what the Holy Spirit, it's to enable us to do the work of God that he called us to do. You never have the excuse, well, I can't do it as the preacher. You know how many times I've heard that? Oh, Brother Mark, I'd love to, but I, I can't do it. I, I can't do that. I don't have the gifts or the talents or the abilities. If God is calling and you know he's calling, he will give you the power to do it. And then the Holy Spirit is there to help us live the life that he called you to live. And he's calling you to overcome. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to overcome the sinful nature. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but everybody in this room, here they come. They're just coming down the aisles right now. Amen. <laughs> uh, she's got, he's got that one. All right. Good, good. Um, here's the thing. Uh, everybody in this room, you are born with a sinful nature. Now, if you're like me, I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So I tend to want to believe the best for everybody. And I want to believe that basically at the heart, everybody's a good person. And I believe that's true to some extent. But guess what? The real reality is, is that everybody in this room was born with a sinful nature. Did your mom or your daddy have to teach you how to do bad or do wrong? No, somebody had to teach you how to do the right thing, didn't they? And somebody had to discipline you to be able to do the right thing. Why is it natural to do the wrong thing? Because you and I were born with a sinful nature. So part of the job as the Holy Spirit is to tell you, Mark, that's wrong. Mark, don't touch that. It's like you with your kids. I remember our first son, Matthew, when he was about two years old, got a fascination with the on-off button on the television. And this is back when they still had picture tubes. And so he'd stand there, little two-year-old Matthew, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. And we had to teach him, that is not what you do. Amen. Matthew, that is not good. You're going to blow the picture tube out. Then uh, daddy's not going to be happy. You're going to have to go get a bigger TV. Amen. <laughs> no. So, uh, you know, but you have, we have to be taught to do the right thing. And the Holy Spirit. Now, some people will call it your conscience. Can I tell you, part of, uh, especially after you get saved, part of that conscience is the Holy Spirit. It's leading you and teaching you and guiding you to what are the right things and what are the wrong things. All right? That's why before you got saved, you could do some things didn't bother you at all. Even though maybe there was a sense somebody told you they were wrong, 
Didn't bother you one bit. Then all of a sudden you got saved and the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you and you start to do those same things and all of a sudden now it bothers you. Why is that? That's part of the job of the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and instruct you to where God wants you to go. And you're best off, I'm best off to listen to him. Can I tell you this? I've tried it my own way. Can I tell you? It's, it stinks. It usually does not end up well. But when I let God do it, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Third question. This may be the most important one and the one we miss the most. How do I become full of the Holy Spirit? Say it. All right. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. You may look at those verses and go, Brother Mark, what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? I'm here to tell you, most of you have never asked the Holy Spirit to fill you. And the Bible teaches you have not because what? You ask not. Ask for it. <laughs> well, again, Brother Mark, that Holy Spirit thing, that's kind of that's kind of spooky. I don't mind, I don't mind the Father and I don't mind the Son, but that Holy Spirit kind of freaks me out. And I'm here to tell you, stop it. Stop it. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. All you're asking for is, Lord, I need your guidance. I need when I go to work and that guy cuts me off on the way to work, I need to know what you want me to say and do. And it probably ain't the finger I'm holding up. Right? Lord, when I'm mistreated at work, when my boss mistreats me, how should I respond to that? Listen, we had it a few years ago. Many of you wore the bracelets. WWJD. You remember that? What would Jesus do? Guess what? That's part of the job of the Holy Spirit, too. To lead you and guide you to act and look more like Jesus. How would he respond? How would he handle the situation? All right? That's part of the job of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you admit it or not, but all of us need more of that. Amen? I know Mark Trammell. I got a pretty long fuse. I'm a pretty laid-back kind of guy. But you get on the wrong side of me and you get my, my fuse gets down to the end, I can come unglued. Amen? Listen, but I need the Lord to show me many times. I need the Lord to guide me. I need the Lord to show me what is the best way to handle it. Can I tell you this? I have a son, that oldest son that loved to turn TV on and off. He works in HR now at a big place, Christmas Mother Francis. And people get hired and fired. Can you guess what happens when people get fired? It ain't pretty. He came and told a story last week. People lose it. They lose it, especially... If they're fired because there was something they did not do or they got accused of or they were not doing their job, and that's the reason they lose their job. And I'm here to tell you, people lose it. We live in a generation, I hate to say it, but we're a bunch of babies. Listen, when you make a mistake, own up to it. Some of you have lost jobs. Can I just, I'm just, this is going to hurt. You're probably not going to like this. But many of you probably deserve to lose the job. Sometimes we just got to own it. I, I've lost a job, and I had to own it because 
what the boss told me was true. So sometimes you just got to own it. But I don't like that. We become children, don't we? Children don't like it. Don't tell me I did wrong. Don't tell me I didn't do that. Don't tell me I'm lazy. Don't tell me I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And we just become children, like children in the sandbox. Can I tell you, I'm going to look everybody straight in the eye. We need to grow up. You need to grow up. I need to grow up. We all need to grow up. And that's part of the job of the Holy Spirit. Number one thing, and this again comes back to pride and ego. You must recognize your need of him. You must recognize it's just like in recovery programs. The first thing it says in Celebrate Recovery or AA is, I recognize that I cannot manage my own life. I am not in control. I thought I was in control. I've tried to be in control, but the alcohol is actually in control. The drugs are actually in control. The pornography is actually in control. Amen? And so that's part, that's the very first step, owning it. Owning it and saying, you know what? This is unmanageable, and I, cannot, I obviously cannot manage it on my own. And I must recognize I need him. Even AA, which is not a Christian organization, first thing, I must recognize there's a higher power. All right? They don't even know who it is or what to call it, but they at least recognize it. All right, Recognize there's a higher power. I must, uh, I must desire and ask him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then here's the hardest part. I must be willing to listen. You know what one of our biggest problems is? Listening. All the women say amen. Because men, we like to fix. We're wired as fixers. And God taught me something a long time ago. It's probably maybe saved my marriage. Is that, uh, and I don't do it all the time. But my wife, I had to realize, and somebody else with more wisdom taught me, that when she comes to me and she's telling me her problem, she don't want me to fix it. She wants me to listen to her. I see some nudging. I see some looking going on. I mean, do that. All right. I just confessed I, I didn't do a good job at it either. But before you get too mad, ladies, the man is just doing what he was naturally wired to do. We are fixers. We are doers. Amen. Uh, I've talked about this before. One of the differences between men and women is uh, women listen, and that's how they learn. Men watch their fathers and are taught. They're taught, and so they're taught by doing. And so that's just the way we're wired. But men, we have to teach ourselves. And it's the old saying, I was born with two ears and one mouth. So what does that tell me? I need to listen twice as much as I talk. Amen. And when it comes to Holy Spirit, you really need to listen. But in order to listen, that means you got to shut up. And that means sometimes you got to turn the radio, the TV, everything off. Because many times God speaks in a still small voice and we don't like quiet we've talked about this before i i go in i turn the television on there's nobody home i just need the noise we don't like the quiet we don't like to be alone because that's when god speaks to you and sometimes i don't like what he's saying but we've got to be okay with the quiet we've got to be willing to listen and then the last thing number four is how long can i walk in the spirit say it with me how long? Brother Mark, that all sounds real good, but my gosh, I could probably only do that for a few days or a week or two weeks. And listen, that, that is somewhat true because what is your Christian life and my Christian life like? Most of us, it should be like this. 
with little dips. Remember what Paul said? Paul said, I have learned to be content in all things, whether I'm in poverty or whether I'm rich. And he just, he, Paul always had an even keel. I wish I could be like Paul. Because you know what most of our lives are like? It's a roller coaster. Amen. And it's like, I can do good for two weeks. And then the devil gets on me and I go from the top of the mountain down to the bottom of the valley. And so it's hard. And guess what? You're not the only one. So let me give you something. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. Guess who wrote this? Paul. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Hello. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. If you look at that verse, does that say only the people who've been good to you? Only the people who treated you right? Only the people who did it the way you wanted them to do it? That's not what it says. It's hard to be like Jesus, y'all. It is hard to be like Jesus. If somebody calls me a name, what do I want to think of? A nastier name. Amen? And that's just human nature. But part of the job of the Holy Spirit is, again, to teach us self-control. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And I don't mind forgiving as long as you ask me forgiveness. What about the person who didn't ask for your forgiveness? You have to learn to forgive the ones that didn't even ask for your forgiveness. Otherwise, you're going to be the bitter old person later on. Because guess what? All that bitterness and anger doesn't affect them at all. It's a cancer inside of you. Amen? All right. I'm going to ask the band to come on as I finish up here. Uh, here's the answer to the question. How long can I walk in the Spirit? You ready for the answer? I'm going to let them get up here because I know how distracted y'all are. ADD. Everybody's ADD because the preacher's ADD. Amen? Look at me. Here's how long you can walk in the Spirit. As long as you are willing to submit to His control. You know the reason my life does like this? is because when I'm doing good, God's got it all. He's totally in control. I'm just waking up every day saying, Lord, what do you want to do today? God, how do you want me to act? Lord, who, who are you going to put in my path today I can bless? Uh, Lord, who can I forgive today? And so I'm way up here. But guess what? All of a sudden, the devil will come in. He'll sit on my shoulder, and he'll say, you know what? You need to do things your own way. And that person doesn't deserve your forgiveness. That person doesn't deserve a blessing. And uh, you know what? You, you need to start listening to your own self rather than that stupid Holy Spirit. And things just start to slide, slide, slide. You ever heard the term backsliding? That's, that's all it means. I... I, I'm doing good when I let the Lord control, but I start to backslide when I start to take over again. And so the answer to how long can I walk in the Spirit, as long as you're willing to submit to his control in your life. Now, I wish I could tell you that I have mastered, and I'm like Paul. Brother Kelly, I'm just, whoo, I'm just that even keel. I'm just always smooth as ice, and I just never, nothing ever ruffles me, nothing ever gets to me, amen? But I'd be lying. I'm more like this. But guess what? Here's the thing about God. He says, I'm always waiting for you, arms wide open. 
So when you get through messing up, you get through thinking you can control it, come on back to me, jump back on the horse, let's go, let's start over. And this is why my life goes like this and this and this. And slowly as I'm getting older, I'm learning a little bit more to, all right, let's just stay with the Lord. It, it works a whole lot better with the Lord. And let me just stay with him. And so it's, the hills are not as extreme, all right? But guess what? The story of the prodigal son is not just about uh, coming back to the Lord for forgiveness. The story of the prodigal son is also about that the Lord is always there when you backslide, when you go away from him. He's always on the porch waiting on you. He's always on the porch with his arms wide open. And the minute that he sees you on the horizon, and I love this part of the story more than anything, the father didn't just stand there and wait on the son. It says he ran towards his son. The father ran towards his son. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Brother Mark, man, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with the Lord right now. I don't know if I were to die right now, if I'd go to heaven or hell. Can I tell you today, he's as close as prayer away. Or maybe you're saying, Brother Mark, I used to live from the Lord, but I have I've wandered far away from him. Then I don't know if he'd have me back. Can I answer the question? Yes, he will. Standing with his arms wide open. He is always waiting. So if you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can I tell you it's as simple as just nailing it down, praying to him. Holy Spirit, have your will and your way in this place. If that's you today, pray this prayer with me in your heart and your mind. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, come into my life, and forgive me of my sins. Lord, I've wandered far away from you, and I come running back to you. Lord, I ask you to save me and be the Lord of my life. Now, that may seem like a scary proposition, but if you prayed that prayer today, I would never want to embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer today, either as a prayer of salvation or a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand and let me know? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. We're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to give you a chance to respond. If you prayed, if you raise your hand, just come tell me so I can pray over you. If you need to join the church, come on. If you just need to come and lay your burdens down at this altar, you just need to come running back to the Lord, whatever you need to do. Uh, Brother Mark, Martin will pray for you. I'll pray for you. We're going to sing this last song, and then we're going to ask you to come. Father, have your will in your way. Let's all stand. We're going to sing this last song together, and then we'll have a time of response.
Here's the chorus. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. Sing it with me.
Right now, Brother Martin's going to be over here. He'd love to pray with you. I'll be here. I would love to pray with you. If you raised your hand a minute ago, would you just come and let one of us pray with you? All you have to say is, I prayed that prayer. Father, have your will in your way now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You come as you need to.
until the Holy Spirit shows up. Amen. I just want to have some folks that the Lord has spoken to this morning. Brother Greg, you come. Greg. <laughs> Everybody calls him Igor. Here uh, yeah. Here, boy. <laughs> He's not used to Greg. This is Greg, or you may know him by Igor. Uh, but uh, Greg comes this morning. And he just says, uh, I, I need to recommit myself to the Lord. And he says, uh, especially in the area. Yeah, give him a hand. Amen. And I just want to share what he shared because I think other people need to hear it. He said, Brother Mark, I've changed my life, but sometimes my language, and I need the Lord to help me all the time. I, I need the Lord to help me in my language because I want to honor him with my language. Uh, probably many in this room need to make that same recommitment. Amen. But Brother Greg comes, and the Lord spoke to him, and he didn't let his pride get in the way. He said, I, I need to recommit myself in this area. So, uh, Brother Greg, scooch down just a little bit, and I'm going to have Craig, Craig, right? Not Greg, Craig. Craig, and what was your name, Tim? What is it? John, Jonna? Johnny. Oh, with an E? Donna. 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 The preacher's deaf, if you didn't realize that. Amen. <laughs> uh, Craig and Donna come. Is she going to go? <laughs> Little leech. <laughs> and they come today, and they said, uh, you know, as a couple, we want to recommit ourselves to the Lord. Amen. 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 This big fellow belongs to Steve, right? <laughs> if you can believe, he was in my youth group. Now, he was a little smaller back then, so I could control him a little better, but... Uh, he's almost as tall as I am standing on this stage, amen. This is a big man. I don't want to get on his wrong side, amen. But we go way back, amen. But I want to tell you just to see what the Lord has done. And uh, maybe maybe you were here this morning. Maybe you recommitted yourself, but uh, uh, you're a little uh, nervous around crowds. That's okay. Uh, even after we say amen here, please come and let me know that you, you've made that commitment because we all need that accountability. We all need know, to know that people are praying for us, amen. And so, uh, uh, Igor, come stand over here next to him. I want you to be able to come by and just shake their hand and pray for them, all right, after we dismiss. Uh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. And, God, I pray that, Lord, you would just uh, give us a great rest of the day. Help us all to recommit ourselves in certain areas of our life, Lord, to look more like you. May we be full of the Holy Spirit. May we ask you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to guide our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night fall festival. There is a sign-up sheet on the back. Come shake these folks' hand. Tell them you love them.